You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. And thank you so much for listening. Joe O'Neill and Sam Hauser here for another 30 minutes. Then we got NBA action. Sixers hosting the Cavs right here on 101.7. The team, a reminder, the 6A NMAA State Finals in football. Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock. Lightning Bolt Stadium. La Cueva at Cleveland High. Pre-game at 12.30. Kickoff at 1. Scott Galetti and the coach David Williams on the call. Looking forward to that. But we're also looking forward to the Lobos teeing it up on Friday, 1.30 against Utah State. Coach uh, Danny Gonzalez is joining us now as he does every week. He normally joins us on Wednesday. It got, everything's been tightened up this week. We talked to Zach Gentry, you know, about playing on Thursday night in the NFL. Everything just gets accelerated, I guess, with this game being a day closer. Right, Coach? Oh, good God. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. It does. I mean, we didn't get back until uh, 5 a.m. on Sunday morning, and then the coaches were back in the office at 9, and then uh, we were here till about 1230 uh, trying to get a game plan together for Monday morning's practice. So it is very accelerated, and then we play a whole day earlier, which it, it takes a lot out of the preparation. So uh, the preparation's been good. It's a lot easier to do that when you come off of a win. So we're trying to keep that thing going. So I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at this team statistics page. You ought to have this thing framed. Now, I, I know there was a, a few too many penalties, um, but apparently Fresno State didn't get they, they, they didn't get any penalties, Coach. You guys had 11. They had one. But, I mean, uh, so it, uh, if we kind of just minimize that, the rest of this is like a work of art, is it not, Coach? You know, uh, we did have two turnovers. We forced one on the same play. But what we were able to do is we were able to go fight through some adversity in a moment where the game could have turned and the, the previous two weeks it turned and, and we weren't able to get back into it. When it was 14 to three, uh, we were able to climb down there, kick a field goal, and then we were able to get another stop on defense. And that was the first of six, three and outs in a row. And we were able to climb back in, take the lead, and then never look back. No doubt about it. And, you know, rushing out and getting in like 13-0 to score in the second half before Fresno got that field goal there towards the end. Uh, a dominating performance. Uh, you could you could call it that for sure. I mean, anytime you look at the statistics like this, uh, 26 first downs to their 13 and total yards, uh, it wasn't even close. So, uh, like, any, any explanation on why it seemed like this, everything was clicking uh, on both sides of the ball, Coach G.? You know, I mean, I, I told you this all year long. I think we've had the makings of a good football team, and I thought we played really well versus Hawaii, and we thought, well, well maybe just Hawaii isn't as good as everybody, and then Hawaii goes and beats Air Force. And Fresno State was ranked in the top 25 two weeks ago, and they were they were they're a good football team at 8-2, and two, and our kids just have the belief that they can beat anybody. They believe in, in what we're doing, both schematically, what we're doing in the program, and they uh, they fought tooth and nail, and, and we were able to finally show some mental toughness and get through adversity, and I think there's a potential that that could be a big changing point, a turning point in this program, uh, because we were able to fight against a good team and come out on top, and it, we didn't change anything we did, we just overcame adversity in those key moments of the game. Yeah, and on the road to boot, I mean that that definitely was it was a big big moment in in Lobo football. Uh, so, coach, um, can't really get keep you know that excited about that big win because um, Friday afternoon Utah State comes to town, and would you uh, were quoted as saying a humongous game? Well, tell us why it's a humongous game, Coach G. 
Well, I mean, I don't think we handled the success very well after we beat Hawaii last time. We were starting to listen, oh, you're great, you're great, you're great. Hadn't been nearly that this week, which is good. And we went into a game against Nevada where I thought we were a better football team, and we laid an egg in the first half. And we weren't able to overcome that 24 nothing start that Nevada went out to. We got close. We came within one possession, but it wasn't enough. So we kept, we've got to build on what we did last week. Going, went into Fresno where we hadn't won in 29 years since I was a true freshman and won that game. We got a bill on it and have a great performance against Utah State. And Utah State's coming in here fighting to get their sixth win to get bowl eligible. So you um, answered the question very quickly on who was going to be the starting quarterback last week. Uh, and you said Dylan Hopkins and uh, you would use Devin Dampier as well. And you did just that. I mean, uh, the the mix of those two, the mix of their strengths, the mix of their styles, the way it keeps the defense off balance. I mean, it it really worked to a, a to a T the other day or the other night, Coach. It did. I mean, I think uh, Dylan. I mean, he'll start again on Saturday. He got his elbow banged up, hit the ulnar nerve, and his his ring finger and pinky were a little bit numb. And the feeling came back towards the very end of the game. But Devin had the hot hand in the fourth quarter. Uh, Devin has some stuff drawn up for him this week, just like he does every week. Dylan will start, and if one of them is, is playing extremely well, then we'll keep running with that one, but they're both going to play, and that's the, the plan going into Friday. You know, mentioning uh, you know how Dylan got hurt, I, I want to talk more about this game. I want to talk about your Corey Krosky merit here in a second. But getting back to the quarterbacks, um, the decision to start Logan Fife yet use Mickey Keene uh, – in the end of the game, uh, surprised me thinking, you know, if he had been cleared and been healthy to play, it would surprise me that he didn't start the game. Coach, uh, did did it make you scratch your head a little bit on that? Well, I mean, uh, there, as a as a not trying to judge what Coach Severn was doing, I don't know how much Mikey King practiced during the week. Uh, if he practiced for the majority of the week and, and they went with Logan Fife, then that means they didn't think they needed Mikey King to beat us. Um, if he wasn't able to practice and Logan got the majority of the rest. Now, Logan played really well against us last year in the second half and kind of ate us up throwing the football. So I'm sure they have some confidence that he could do it again, uh, especially after the previous two weeks. But I think they got to a point in the fourth quarter where they needed something because they had at that point they'd had six three and outs in a row and they were looking for some life and or five at that point. And then we went out there his first series and got a three and out. So um, I don't know what he practiced, but I would guess that would be the assumption. I got you. No, I'm with you, man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at that point, uh, your defense has had their ears pinned back and you guys were coming from every direction. Okay. Uh, a guy that was running in every direction was Jacory Grosky, uh, Krosky Merritt, uh, Bill, as you guys call him. Uh, I'm trying, you know, almost 10 yards of carry coach against the team that is a very respected defense. I'm trying to like, you know, explain. Explain to my friends here who he reminds me of as a runner. And sometimes they always don't, like, somebody doesn't, you know, necessarily remind people. of it. Is there anybody, like, with his style, uh, I mean, that, that you know, he, his style kind of reminds you. Coach David Williams went back and said uh, Mike Williams going back, back in the days. That's before your time, but his photo is up there at your stadium there. But uh, does his style remind you of anybody, Coach, at all? It does. I think there's there's two guys and they're kind of emulated after each other. And I think Mike Williams is actually. I mean, I've seen tape of Mike Williams, and I, I, that's a pretty good comparison. But the way that that uh, um, Bill runs 
is very similar to how Roger Craig used to run for the San Francisco 49ers. And then if you want to get into a next generation running back, Ricky Waters uh, oh. from Notre Dame and then played for Seattle and played in the NFL. I think he's very aggressive in the way he runs. He looks for contact. But he's got that, that I can make you miss in the hole and then accelerate. And then when he's running out in the open field, he runs with such high knees. He's really hard to tackle by one guy. And you aren't talking about tackling with your arm. You better get your entire body in front of him. And then there's a good chance you're going to fall off of him and bounce off of him too. But I think those, those, that style, the Roger Craig, Ricky Waters is what Bill reminds me of. Uh, th- thank you, thank you. Yeah, that that description, the high knees, uh, that that fits it perfectly, Coach. All right, Coach, let's give Sam Hauser a little history lessons here. Okay, uh, the last win you guys had against Fresno, we just did it in True or False Tuesday. You were a freshman on that team back in 1994, um, and I started looking. We, you know how it is when you get on, you know, the internet, and you start looking, they get down a a, a rabbit hole there, um, and um, I was looking on that 94 team and you guys lost uh your first five games i believe uh but then had a a very solid conference season and i know that win at fresno was big but remember that win against utah in the middle of november uh back that year coach gavin perlman with a 55 yard uh catch and run on a fourth down from stony case do you remember that coach I do. It was, uh, we were actually at the north end of the field on the 19 yard line over the fourth and three and Gavin Perlman ran a little out route towards the ER, towards the west sideline and then took it all the way back when University Stadium had grass and then took it all the way down there, gotten in field goal position. Nathan Vale was able to hit a field goal. They had a, they had a D lineman on that team by the name of Luther Ellis who that was probably the most impressive-looking human being I've ever seen. And they were ranked ninth in the country, undefeated. Uh, we had a great day. I mean, they got out to a little early lead. We fought our way back and, and were able to pull out a great victory. I mean, that was a, a very fun ball game, and they ripped down the goalposts and all those good things. <laughs> That's You see, I'd forgotten about that part, Sam. And we we checked the attendance. I remember uh, the, the, that was before University Stadium had undergone their expansion, right, Coach? Uh, or, or was it the same as it is now? No, that was before. There was no north end zone. They didn't even have the metal bleachers in the south end zone at that time. The, if you remember, there was an old building down there um, that they had equipment stuff in. And on the two sides of the north end zone, you had two gigantic concrete. One was a football player that looked like the old Patriot helmet, and the other side was a NM. And when I was a little kid, they paint those things, and they were slick, and you could slide down them during the game. The actors like his own circus inside the stadium, and those things were were still there for that game. No, and it was an afternoon game, kind of drizzly, dreary, uh, overcast, not windy. It was like perfect football conditions, and and that stadium was packed coach i mean uh obviously it was everybody knew you had the number nine team in the country coming in uh but that just goes to show you how there's lobo football uh fans in this area and that was not a team that ended i think you ended up five and seven that year but uh lobo fans will come out when you know lobo teams are playing hard and obviously you're coming off a game where you played as good as you can and hopefully we see that on friday against utah state coach no, absolutely. We're trying to get our fifth win, uh, third win in conference, obviously. Uh, trying to continue to build some momentum going into the off offseason. Uh, we've got a great opportunity, and, and it's a Friday afternoon at 1.30. Uh, we'd, I'd love to have as, as big a crowd as we can possibly get. you got Black Friday shopping in the morning, then swing by University Stadium and come watch the Lobos play against Utah State. 
Um, be a great day. We'll have helmets on our stickers for mental uh, health awareness. I mean, it's going to be a wonderful afternoon of football, and, and what better uh, to play a football game in November and have some fun. One thirty Friday at University Stadium as we're talking to Lobo football coach Danny Gonzalez here on Team Talk. So, Coach, you always talk about how there's these plays in mind for Devin Dampier that over the course of a game we'll see him, we'll see these different packages. Is there anything similar along those lines when you guys like to take a deep shot right out of the game? Is it just you get a feel for this is the time we want to try it? Is there something that you see the way the defense might line up on the first play? What goes into that like we saw on Saturday night with Caleb Medford? Most of it is what do they do? What, what, what can we do offensively? And how can we get lined up and see what coverage they're in? And then give Dylan and whoever the receiver is, because we've, we've taken some deep shots with multiple receivers to see which one gives us the best matchup. And we thought we had an idea. Uh, Maurice Norris Jr., number seven, their DB, we thought we could toy with him a little bit and move him around and then get some of our guys matched up on guys that we thought we had a great matchup against. And Caleb Medford, who's becoming one of the premier receivers in the Mountain West Conference, we thought we had a matchup where we could expose him, and, and Dylan hits the ball. If Dylan would have thrown it about a half a second earlier, Caleb would have walked into the end zone like the one Devin threw to him later in the game. And I, I mean, as you go back and watch that one, we're all having the same reaction at the same time of, oh, no, 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 oh, yes, great throw. I mean, he, he fumbles the snap, able to pick it up, and Medford's just right under that throw. Was there anything that stood out to you when you watched it back on film as opposed to when you saw it live Saturday night, Coach? Well, Devin, Devin's a playmaker now. I mean, it was we had a, a quarterback draw called with, with that option to throw the ball, so the O-line has a three count, and then if, uh, if, Dylan, I mean, if Devin or Dylan, whoever's in the game, doesn't throw the ball, then they take off so they're not illegal, illegal man downfield. When Devin dropped the snap, he saw the corner look at him and didn't bail, and he knew Caleb was going to be right by him, so he just picked it up and chucked it knowing that Div, uh, that uh, Caleb was going to be open in the end zone, and uh, I mean it. It uh, I guess the the dropping of the ball, like the old fumble ruski, it worked as a right? decoy to perfection, and it was not on purpose. <laughs> I I don't think anybody thought it was on purpose, but it's, that's one of those punctuation marks when you know it's your night. As the Lobos get the win in Fresno, talking about what we've seen all year with with Dylan and Devin Dampier coaching, you're you're balancing the snaps and who's coming in at, at which time and who's got the hot hand. Talk about their relationship and how it's grown, even going all the way back to spring camp and just how the two of them have kind of uh, developed a relationship this year. I think Dylan really did a great job of taking Devin under his wing and then adding Aiden Armenta to that uh, underneath that wing when they got to fall camp. But Dylan, one, knowing the offense, did a great job of getting Devin to understand what he was trying to do. And once he got, once he, once they built that relationship and Devin kept asking Dylan questions and then they started cheering each other on and rooting for each other. And I mean, even uh, watching the game on Sunday, when Devin started at Boise, when they were reviewing the game on Sunday, Dylan was like, man, that's a heck of a play, man. Nice throw. I mean, all those good things. They've just got an unbelievable relationship. There's no jealousy. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's been a great mentorship for Devin. And it's been a really good deal, and, and Dylan showing his maturity and what kind of a leader he is. And I said it all year, he's been the voice of our team, and he's been the voice of that room. Going back to the spring, there was a time when you, 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 you shut down uh, you, you shut down Dylan, you've you seen what you needed to out of him. He'd obviously thrown a lot of footballs in the past, and you gave some time to, uh, to Devin and to uh, Tab Scott as well. But are, are you seeing now that that time that Devin got in spring ball, are you seeing now that that's paying dividends as opposed to if he had just 
you know, maybe been in a more traditional freshman quarterback situation, Coach? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge proponent of high school kids leaving to go to college early. Uh, the only position that it is really uh, beneficial is quarterback. And Devin being here has given him the ability, one, with Coach B getting in here in January, Devin getting in here and, and learning a new offense and having Dylan to teach him. I mean, it, it, he's, he is a lot further ahead than he would have been if he had just got here in August. Now, we made Devin go back to Scottsdale Swallow High School for senior week, for prom, and all those things because I think that's super important for those kids to enjoy that because that last six months of high school should be some of the best time of your life. But it really benefited Devin going into this season, and obviously you've seen how special of a player he is and what he will continue to be down the road here at the University of New Mexico. Talking to Lobo football coach Danny Gonzalez here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 101.7. The team Friday one thirty, the finale here for the season against Utah State at University Stadium. And we did get a stat correction, coach, since the since the game against Fresno State on Saturday night. So now Dante Martin, uh, Dante Martin breaking that record for pass breakups, uh, uh, passing Glover Quinn. Obviously, huge accolades for him. But just I, I'm, I'm curious as the conversations as you've seen him go throughout the year. It's got to be a lot of pressure because he knows that guys aren't throwing to him. So when he gets that opportunity, there would almost be that 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 tendency to like I got to make this pass break up. And you know, fortunately, there haven't been any big mistakes along the way. But just how has it been for Dante this season? Just knowing that those opportunities and few are few and far between. I think a combination of both. Uh, Dante and I had a conversation prior to the season, and and I he only needed seven, and I told him, look, man, you can't worry about that number. Because the odds are you're not going to break that record because you're probably not going to have very many opportunities too. Uh, he got banged up a little bit, and I think some people took some chances to try and throw in his direction, and it didn't fare too well for him. I mean, Dante's, I think, one of the best corners, if not the best corner in this league, and he's made him pay. Now, the one that's benefited uh, kind of from it, Zach Morris has gotten better and better every single week. Struggled a little bit early on, but Zach Morris is second in the Mountain West Conference in pass breakups this year because they're afraid to throw at Dante and they throw more at, uh, the, at Zach, who's the most targeted DB in the Mountain West, and he's also the second leading PBU in the Mountain West. So he's gotten better. Uh, I thought Dante really handled uh, them not throwing at him, getting frustrated, and then when he got banged up, he made him pay, and he's been playing at an elite level the last two weeks. All right, Coach, Friday 1.30, we'll see you at University Stadium. And, hey, thanks so much for uh, coming on every week. We love talking to you. It's great having the head coach at the University of New Mexico every single week uh, right here on 101.7 The Team. Coach, appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on every week. We still got uh, Lobo Talk tomorrow night at Salt Yard West for anybody who wants to come the last Wednesday uh, before Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving day on Thursday. Enjoy the Cowboys and the Lions, and I don't even know who the nighttime game is, but I know Mississippi State and Ole Miss are playing in the Egg Bowl, so there'll be football all day. And then don't get enough football because come out on Friday and support the Lobos at University Stadium. I appreciate you guys having me on all year long, too, and everything you guys do for our community. Go Lobos!